Well, we have done it. We have survived the first month of the 23-24 regular season in the world of women's college basketball. From upsets to monster wins, injuries and drama, we have had a little bit of everything. So today we turn our sights to one of the top mid-major leagues in the nation. We are headed to the Valley today on Locked on Women's Basketball. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, friends. It is Monday, December 4th, 2023, and there will be no mention of the college football playoff here today. Because, well, I got to be honest, I just really can't do it. So instead, we're going to watch everyone hem and haw because today is also the first release of the net rankings in college basketball. Hi, everybody. I am Missy Heydrich, national correspondent at The Next. Thank you so much for making Locked on Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code, the code all lowercase NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. You can follow me at Missy Heidrich. Be sure to follow this podcast at LockedOnWBB and then come see all of my amazing colleagues at the next www.thenexttubes.com. So yes, we have made it one month into the regular season of college basketball, and it has been a crazy four weeks. We have come out on the other side of the Thanksgiving holiday tournament time, and as teams approach finals weeks all across the country on their campuses, there is no rest for the weary. So today we're going to look back at some of the teams that splashed in the surf down at the Paradise Jam in the Virgin Islands, and then turn our sights to the Missouri Valley Conference, one of the toughest mid-major leagues in the country. Who's picked to win it? What surprises may we see? Who are the players on the radar right now? And some that will be when the season comes to an end. All right, with me to talk all about this and more today is Brad Wells, a play-by-play voice for ESPN+. Plus and the Missouri Valley Conference, and the Missouri Valley Football Network. And you're also going to find him on a host of other calls across the country all throughout the season. Brad, welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's great to have you. Hey, I'm glad to be here, Missy. Thanks a lot for the invite. Absolutely. All right, let's go back a week or two. You had the pleasure of spending, I think it sounded like almost two plus weeks um, in the splat, in the in the in the warm and the surf and all of the good stuff um, at the Paradise Jam in the Virgin Islands, both calling games for the men's side of the tournament and the women's side of the tournament. First, on that men's side, anything that stood out to you, teams that you really liked that you were impressed with right out of the gate? Well, it was actually, it was a team from the Missouri Valley Conference that ended up winning the Paradise Jam uh, in the semifinals. They played a Kent State team uh, out of the MAC that, uh, to me, seemed like uh, the championship game and uh, kind of proved to be that way Missouri State. Uh, they had a kid from Puerto Rico, which is just a, a short island hop. Uh, to the west of the U.S. Virgin Islands, and uh, he had some family there, uh, played out of his mind, played a great uh, tournament and helped Missouri State win that championship uh, game on the men's side. And then a cop got a couple days off, was able to sit on the beach. And- oh. 
I lost my. There you are. All right. So talk to me a little bit in the two. Now, when people go to the Virgin Islands and the Paradise Jam, there's two brackets. There's an island tournament. There's a reef tournament. They kind of put them in 14 pods. Everybody plays three games. So it's a round robin setup. Um, on one side, you had some Big 12 SEC action. You also had Pac-12, Big 12 action on the other side. Also some very tough mid-majors in this women's tournament. But yet three teams at the time that were highly ranked, but now we're looking at all three of them as the AP poll, the AP poll comes out today of being in the top 10. You saw Colorado, you saw NC State, and you saw Texas. Um, first, let's talk a little bit about the buffs because I think in the Pac-12, they're a team to be reckoned with. What stood out to you from that Colorado team when you saw them play? Yeah, Arenette Von Ley really stood out to me. Just a dominant player down in the post um, on that final day of the Paradise Jam when we had that top 10 matchup uh, when Colorado went head-to-head -head against NC State. Um, Von Ley picked up a couple fouls early, had to go to the bench. NC State built a lead, and um, Von Ley just really couldn't find a rhythm um, in that basketball game. That, that was um, something that, that stood out to me. Um, the speed of Colorado's guards also yes. was something that uh, that I was really impressed with, really from start to finish. The depth of that speed, too, that they brought off the bench. Um, just just some really quality guard play from Colorado that uh, that tells me they're going to be in so many basketball games this year just because of their ability to control the basketball, not turn it over based on pressure and uh, and attack when they need to. And they've got depth, and depth is such a huge piece of this puzzle and experience, and I think that's what somebody's been talking, so many people have been talking with, about J.R. Payne's team, is that depth and that that's what they have, which then obviously couldn't get over the hump, and then you saw NC State. And this is a team that was uh, under a lot of radars. People weren't sure about them, um, but they have huge wins. They go down there. They get three more wins in the Virgin Islands at the Paradise Jam. Um, a young team for Westmore – but what impressed you the most from that group that you saw? Well, I saw really good play out of their out of their post players um, in that uh, in that championship game. I know uh, River Baldwin had a double double. I think it was twenty six and and ten or something like that, close to a double double. Maybe um, really had a fantastic game. Just controlled the inside. Part of that probably had to do with Von Ley getting in foul trouble early where she was really able to uh, do whatever she wanted to. Um, but with NC State, Sanaya Rivers is just a difference maker to me. Like she she was to me the the player that I wanted to watch every single every single game. Right. And we had Texas down there, right? Like Rory Harmon, Big 12 preseason player of the year. Uh, was there, but Sanaya Rivers, it just seems like she brings some different intangibles and and didn't have a big scoring performance uh, in that final game, which was essentially that championship game against Colorado. But uh, yeah, Wes Moore's just got a fantastic team, you know, uh, over 800 wins for him. He's going to have them ready to go. And he's uh, uh, he, he's got a team, I think, that can make a, a really nice run through the ACC. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think they're going to surprise some people. You know, I mean, everyone wants to talk about Virginia Tech. They're going to talk about Notre Dame. But now you can't not talk about NC State because in today's AP poll, they sit at number three and they're still nine and oh. All right, let's flip over. You had the reef side of the bracket and you got to see Texas. And they are 
I think first and foremost on everybody's mind today, they get the big win on national television yesterday against UConn. They hadn't beat them in 10 tries. Lucky number 11 for Vic Schaefer, and they get it done. Um, but when you see him up close and personal, and I've, I've seen Roy Harmon up close and personal many times, um, she is the engine that makes this thing go. And so when you put that piece together with some of the others, uh, just your thoughts on what you saw from Texas and what that's going to look like down the road for teams having to match up with them. Yeah, to me, what stood out was was the depth that Texas has, right? Like when they go to their bench, there's there's not a drop off when you get to that eighth, ninth, tenth player. I mean, they're coming at you the entire time. Um, the defense, to me, was just so connected. Like they were communicating. They were all on the same page. They were rotating well. Uh, they were handling ball screens uh, like you would expect in January and February. But obviously this was a, a late November tournament uh, where I saw them uh, three three straight games. And their defense really just just stood out to me. Um, you know, they, they like to play physical. Uh, they had success playing physically where, um, you know, a shot goes up and there's – uh, there's a lot of burn orange jerseys going after that basketball. You know, there's offensive rebounds. Uh, I know a couple of the games that they had too. They they just dominated the boards and uh, just played with that physicality that uh, that you need to have in the Big 12. But uh, but to me, they uh, they really stood out. And just their connectedness defensively tells me that they're going to be in every single game this year, and and they're going to win some big games because of their defense as well. Oh. Absolutely. I think one of the players that has impressed me, she had a great season last year as a transfer, but I think a wonderful compliment to Rory Harmon out front is Shaylee Gonzalez. And I know she had some good games when you saw her down there. Um, you know, a great career at BYU, makes the transfer last year, was their leading scorer very quietly a season ago. But that kind of experience is really hard to, I mean, you can't replace that. You know, and every coach probably wishes they had someone like that on their floor. She's kind of a glue piece, I think, to me. I don't know what you thought about what you saw with Shaylee Gonzalez's game. Yeah, especially that last game when it was kind of that championship game, right? Like if Texas wins it, they they lock up that Reef tournament. And she came out and just kind of led that defensive effort. The tone that she set right from the get-go was, mm -hmm. okay, this is championship time right now. Yeah. Let's go, let's go get that victory. Um, let's let's you know not let up at all. And uh, and yeah, she she was impressive. Knocked down the open shot when she uh, when she needed to, and really had a fantastic tournament. So uh, yeah, there were so many different players. Uh, Hadija Fai was a player that really stepped up and, and played well early uh, in that week, and, and was really impressive uh, to me. Uh, a player that is going to be able to score and and is just going to be a scrappy player that's going to create so many extra possessions for the Longhorns this year. Well, they're still undefeated, 9-0. You saw them win three down there in the sunshine, and they come in today number five in the AP poll. Um, I have a feeling that could go up. There, There's not yeah. going to be a lot of people right now that can compete with Texas or NC State and Colorado in the top ten at number eight, all teams that were in the surf at the Paradise Jam. Uh, another X factor for Texas, too. We saw Leah Moore play her first game in almost an entire year after her knee injury. And she came in and an emotional spark for her team right away, had a steal and a layup, scored a point like right when she checked into the game, uh, had 13 points in her first game back in. But you can just tell kind of the maturity that she has, the poise where she is a big piece back, I think, for Vic and this Texas team. Um, to really kind of have some of that 
uh, upperclassmen, veteran leadership that's going to either rally the troops, get them behind you, or calm them down when you need to. She was she was impressive in her early uh, early games back. No doubt, and I like you said, it's depth and depth and experience. Those are those are a couple things that every coach wishes they had. And I know there's some in the Missouri Valley that have it too. So that is where we are headed next. Brad is going to help me break down what the upcoming Missouri Valley women's basketball season is going to look like. But first, a message from our friends at Prize Picks. So Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros or the sharks out there, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. So a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. So, for example, you can take LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey, maybe not after last night, but add a 10.5 combo of three-pointers and made plus receptions. Whatever you want to do. Quick withdrawals easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nba and use the code locked on nba for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash locked on nba and use that code locked on nba for a first deposit match up to 100 daily fantasy sports made easy Hi, everybody. I am Missy Heydrich, and thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day and the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Hi, everybody. Missy Heydrich and I am here on Lockdown Women's Basketball with Brad Wells, one of the voices and play-by-play announcers throughout the Missouri Valley Conference. It is going to start to heat up, Brad. So we got to start talking about what we are going to see when the Valley hits conference play coming up that starts at the end of the month. I want to go back a couple weeks or maybe just a month or so and look at what that preseason poll looked like for the women. Um, for the first time in program history, the University of Northern Iowa was tabbed as the preseason pick. First time ever. Um, vying for their first regular season title that they haven't had since the 15-16 season. It's been a tough start for you and I. They've had a tough schedule. But as things start to kind of lay out a little bit, when you looked at that preseason poll, was this kind of where you thought things were going to land? Or did it kind of skewed based on the Brad Wells theory of what was going to happen? Yeah, I, I thought uh, I, I thought it was going to be uh, you and I and Drake kind of in that uh, in that top two in terms of preseason expectations. Um, the you and I basketball team just has so many pieces that were back. Graduated just a couple of kids off of last year's team. Had some really um, impressive production from some young kids in terms of freshmen and sophomores that now had a year of experience underneath their belt. Um, preseason Player of the Year Grace Buffelli. Uh, she's the real deal, averaged uh, nearly a double-double. 
this past season and coming in, uh, certainly a force to be reckoned with. Isn't maybe that high score that's going to go get 30 points a game for you, but uh, you kind of figure she's going to be pretty steady by the end of the season, probably going to be a, a 15 point eight to 10 rebound type of a kid. So um, a kid like that really does a lot of damage in the Missouri Valley Conference. Yeah. Um, Drake also with so many players coming back, just play their uh, efficient style of offense. That's kind of the name of the game once again. Um, for the Bulldogs, a high possession type of a game. Uh, they continue to have great success and just number of shooters back. Uh, they also had some kids that were underclassmen that had some big years and come back as juniors and uh, will be able to play a, a pretty significant role. Uh, Belmont, I didn't quite know what to expect from them. Um, for the Bruins, you know, losing Destiny Wells to yep. Tennessee to the transfer portal. I didn't know how big of a loss that was going to be. So I didn't know if they were going to be able to vie for uh, for a title. Illinois State uh, lost the Valley Player of the Year to graduation, was drafted in the WNBA. Um, I, I didn't quite know if they would be able to replace uh, a player, a player like that. But, uh, man, I tell you what, now that we're – at the beginning of December, I've got I've got five, six teams that I'm watching and I'm really excited about. Well, and I think that's the best part of this is that then everyone's going to play each other twice. They play a round robin schedule in the Missouri Valley. So, you know, you're going to get everybody's best effort at, you know, two times. Those are great matchups. I want to go back just a second and talk about you and I and Drake, because I don't know if everybody understands as well as these teams that there is the Iowa series in the state of Iowa. So you and I, Drake, Iowa, Iowa State, they've all agreed they play each other in the non-con. So if you're you and I and Drake, yes, that's covered because you play each other in the Missouri Valley during the regular season. However, they've got to have Iowa and Iowa State on their non-cons, which are great challenges and great games. It's a fantastic display of women's basketball in the state of Iowa, but you can also take one, you can take it on the chin pretty hard. Um, but yet Drake get a feather in their cap. They get an 85 73 win over Iowa state. They lose big to Iowa, but if I'm Drake, I got to feel pretty darn good looking at that, those two and saying, if I can go one and one, that makes me feel pretty good in my non-con. Yeah, absolutely. And in any year too, when you're looking at Iowa and Iowa state, pretty good women's basketball programs. You, you yeah. think you go one and one on any season, uh, you're having uh, you're having a really good year. You're set up well for the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, I think uh, both Tanya Warren at UNI and Allison Pullman at Drake, I think they both do a really good job of scheduling tough to get mm -hmm. themselves ready for the Missouri Valley Conference because there's some high-level basketball in the Valley. There's incredible talent in the coaching ranks yeah. uh, of the Missouri Valley Conference schools as well. So they, they do an excellent job of scheduling tough. Um, and I know... Uh, with the addition a couple years ago with Belmont, Murray State, UIC coming into the Missouri Valley Conference, um, hearing from Bart Brooks at Belmont, uh, he's like, yeah, we, we got to schedule tougher. We got to try and get uh, some different type of kids. And I think uh, they're kind of looking at that mold that you and I and Drake kind of has of, okay, let's schedule tough in the non-conference. It gets us ready for Valley play. Plus, if you can grab a few of those wins, uh, you're going to have an excellent opportunity uh, for an at-large bid when you get to the NCAA tournament. It wasn't too many years ago the Valley had uh, had two or three teams in the NCAA tournament because of the tough non-conference schedules, some really quality wins. Um, 
you know, Drake with the win over Iowa State, lost a double overtime to Minnesota yes. uh, just yes. just yesterday, or maybe that was Saturday, I guess. Um, you know, they've, they've scheduled themselves uh, tough. The, the Panthers, you know, trailed Vanderbilt by by 18 points, and I think they were in Vegas over the Thanksgiving break when I was on the beach. Uh, trailed by 18, but just lost by four, right, right. To, to Vanderbilt. So, you know, there's uh, – you know, there's kids on there that are going to continue to fight that can play with that type of talent. And, uh, and it really does. It's awesome. Absolutely. For, awesome for the state of Iowa uh, to get the women's basketball matchups that they do with Iowa and Iowa state. Not only do they play both Drake and you and I, it's still a home and home series. You're in Iowa city one year, the next year you're in Des Moines yeah. or, or Cedar Falls, Iowa, wherever, wherever you're at. And the same thing, uh, with the Iowa State Cyclones. So I, I applaud Coach Bluter, Coach Fenley uh, for continuing to do that because it's absolutely fantastic uh, for the sport in the state of Iowa. No, I 100% agree. And I think probably in every year, they're all looking at going, oh man, this is not going to be easy because those are tough games that you put on your schedule. And that's how, but that is how you do get your teams ready. All right, when we return, we're going to talk more Valley Hoops, a couple players to keep an eye on, but also to get Brad's view because he's been around this league a long time. He knows this has been a one bid, multiple bid. How do these teams continue to put themselves in the conversation late for the NCAA tournament? Well, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. Now, I live in Kansas City. I got a lot of sad Chiefs fans around town today. Their numbers might not look so good, but they're going to be better hopefully next week. But the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options included, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So go right now. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Hi, everybody. I'm Missy Heidrich, and thank you for joining us here on Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm with Brad Wells. He has been so kind to share all of his knowledge about Missouri Valley women's hoops and more. Um, before we talk about some of the players and some of the I know that are going to jump off the page for people all season, but that some we may not know about yet, um, I want to go back and think, because every time I talk to mid-major coaches as they prepare for games early in the year, et cetera, it's always with this mentality. I've got non-con, I've got conference, and then I got a peak in my conference tournament because you're looking for that automatic qualifier. As you said, a couple years ago, the Valley was fortunate to have multiple bids. As you look at the landscape of the Valley and think about um, some new coaches that came in, especially a, a year ago, there were a lot of new faces in the coaching ranks. Are As a league, do you think that this is sort of the, the groundswell mentality? We've got to be better in early in the year and give ourselves a chance, kind of prop each other up and help each other because the conference season is such a grind. Yeah, absolutely. I hear it uh, in March. I hear it in July when we have uh, the coaches on for uh, for Valley teleconferences. Uh, they're always talking about it. We got to challenge ourselves in the non-conference and they're honest with with us as well. They're like, and we have to win some of those games too, to try and earn some of those at-large spots mm -hmm. to where, you know, coming into the season, I think a lot of people thought, okay, you and I, if they can get some of those wins, I think they might put themselves in a spot to be an at-large bid. Now, 
uh, as we sit in early December, they have not done what they needed to in the month right. of November. Uh, Drake is a team that I've seen that has done that. Belmont, I think, has done that. They beat Georgia. Uh, they beat Northwestern. They played tough against fourth-ranked Stanford. Um, and this is all after losing uh, Destiny Wells, a top-two player in the Valley last season. So uh, they right now have five different players that all average double figures or more. Uh, really are, are proving that they're a team that has a lot of different weapons. Um, it drops off a little bit after that, but uh, yeah. uh, but Illinois State won five in a row uh, until they played against NC State. As uh, Illinois State head coach Kristen Gillespie, uh, a former Wolf Pack player herself, she got to play. That was alumni game. No surprise, yeah. right? Coach Moore throwing her throwing her a, a game on alumni day, so she got to go back. And uh, I'm sure the red was all Illinois State yeah. for for her, but. Uh, uh, you know, had one of her newcomers, uh, Caroline Waite, uh, 23 points, hit six threes uh, against NC State. She's got a number of different players uh, that has Illinois State in the hunt every single year. So um, they definitely talk about it, challenging themselves in the non-conference. Um, and they're and they're honest. They know the name of the game. You got to win some yeah. of those games, too, if you want to have an opportunity uh, to be an at-large type of a team. No, you're absolutely right. And in this world of net, as we said, I said at the very top, today is the first day of net rankings. They're out. I caution everyone, don't go, you know, you don't need a paper bag. Don't hyperventilate if you don't see your team in the top 68 because it's only the first one and they are going to change um, on a daily basis, literally. But also in the women's basketball universe, it's not just the net rankings. That's part of the criteria. There's a bunch of other things. There's like 13 other criteria. Strength of schedule, non-con, the strength of your conference schedule, how you finish your year. All of those things are taken into account, which I think is a big piece of why these Valley teams understand the importance of playing well early, but then also how important the conference season is. All right, let's talk a little bit about some of these players. You mentioned Grace Buffelli for UNI, the preseason player of the year. Um, a couple others to me that have always jumped off the page. I have been incredibly impressed by Caitlin Young at Murray State. I think she's been one of the most consistent kids in the mid-major ranks and has put herself statistically um, in some of the, the highest categories nationwide um, You know, against P5 players. Is there anybody else that you say, you know what, this is a kid I'm keeping my eye on all season because I think they could have one heck of a year? Yeah, I think there's so much balance on so many different teams that you're probably going to have a, a lot of those teams that are going to have, um, you know, I mentioned Belmont has five players that average 10 points or more. There's there's a ton of teams in the Valley that have five, six players that all average eight and a half or more points per game, you know, and sometimes those more balanced teams are the most dangerous ones where they don't have a kid that's averaging 18 or 20 points per game. Um, I would say, um, I would say Murray State, yeah, they, they've got a fantastic score uh, in Caitlin. Uh, the team as a whole, second in the nation in scoring offense right now. They're averaging almost 95 points per game behind Utah, just ahead of Michigan State, LSU, South Carolina. Like They're, they're a team that can fill it up. Caitlin Young, she's going to have to carry a big load, I think, yeah. uh, for, for Murray State. Um, Southern Illinois, uh, Lanaya Randall, she was on the NCAA women's basketball starting five uh, a few weeks back. She's averaging 25 points a game, had uh, I think it was 30 points, 11 rebounds and a double-double against West Virginia. She's she's a player that you're going to want to keep an eye on um, for sure and see what Southern Illinois can do. Um, I love what head coach Kelly Bond-White 
has, has been able to do. I, I love her energy. Got to meet her when she was at, at Texas A&M, actually down in the Virgin Islands at the Paradise Jam uh, a, a couple of years back. Um, Belmont's got a, a few different players. Tessa Miller, I think, is just going to lead the way, her, her scoring, her rebounding. But the point guard that runs the show for Belmont, Tootie Jones, I know she yeah. was injured all of last year. She really makes it go uh, better than a two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, she's she's absolutely electric. Uh, for the Drake Bulldogs, Katie Denebeer, she's had some big scoring games, uh, 27 points, a uh, 30-point scoring game. Uh, Anna Miller is a is a big that can shoot the three, defend well down in the post. Um, there, there's some really good talent in the Missouri Valley Conference too. That, um, that that it's it's almost hard to stop, right? Like India Green yeah. with Missouri State. I saw 26 points, 13 rebounds, uh, beating Tulane, and uh, I could I could probably go on and on. <laughs> no, and I think that's the key because it, the other part that we find, and I think that the Missouri Valley is a great example, is uh, older rosters, experienced players that you don't get as much movement that it is, it can be and has been a place for players who go into the portal from other spots and land that they find a home that they can expand their game, that it becomes a place where they can be an all conference player that it maybe wouldn't have happened somewhere else. But with that said, um, I think that there's also an opportunity for young players and young kids to make an impact right out of the gate. And I always look forward to seeing, you know, who the newcomer and the freshman of the week are out of a, out of a league like the Valley, because they're going to be names that nobody really thought of and, and kids that flew under the radar, but they found the right place and they're blossoming there early in their careers, which I think also gives credit to a lot of the really great coaches that you see in the Missouri Valley every year. Yeah, no, absolutely. Coaches, coaches do an excellent job getting those young kids ready to go, uh, incorporating transfers into their program uh, as well. I know at UIC, Ashleen Bracey has just done a fantastic job as head coach there uh, and really utilized the portal to get some players from that uh, power five, power six leagues. You know, that's that's the other side of the coin for teams that like to go into the transfer portal. You do have teams uh, that might grab like Tennessee took Destiny Wells from from Belmont. You might grab a really good player from a mid-major, but mid-major is also an opportunity. Some of those power five kids that don't feel like they're getting enough minutes, let me go somewhere, see if I can be a yep. star uh, somewhere. I know, um, you know, Ashleen, she's got players from Cincinnati, Wisconsin, Marquette, DePaul. Like she's she's got some really good players that she's going to be able to try and make a big jump. Uh, you know, and make a push for for one of those top four or five spots in the Missouri Valley Conference um, standings. You and I as a transfer from from Iowa, just looking for some more minutes. Uh, there is a freshman I'll throw on your radar. Belmont has a freshman, Jalen Banks, averaging double figures already. I think she's second or third on the team in scoring. And just from from the, what I've seen, and I haven't seen everybody in the Valley this year, but uh, from what I've seen from her at Belmont, just kind of an all around player can shoot threes, gets the free throw line a lot, plays kind of with that physicality that's mm -hmm. going to have her um, have some tremendous success in the Missouri Valley Conference. So, uh, yeah, really, really excited for uh, for seeing some of these newcomers. No, I think that's the biggest piece because somebody's going to find a place to shine. And as you said, sometimes it wasn't the first stop. It might be the second. For all that we know, the portal is the wild, wild west, and it is beyond crazy in some days. Um, as college football is showing us today, but that ultimately, I think 
sometimes that you do, you find the right landing place and you hope that it works out for every kid, um, whichever sport and wherever they head. You mentioned UIC. They sit five and two as of today. Illinois State at six and two. Murray State four and two. Belmont five and three. Drake five and three. These tough non-con schedules. Um, with that said, is Bradwell's looks ahead in your little magic uh, Valley basketball and you could get yourself to the end of February and early March. Okay. Uh, who do you think sits at the top in those top couple spots that might even win this thing when it's all said and done? Yeah, from from what I've seen so far this year, I think uh, I think my front runners so far to be at the top of the Valley standings at the end of it. Uh, I think you have Belmont, Drake, uh, Illinois State. Those three kind of stand out to me as maybe teams that you're going to have to go after. Um, because I think I think they've just got uh, some of the depth, the pieces that are meshing already this season. Um, it's it's going to mean good things to come for those three, and they've got a proven track record too to uh, to be finishing towards the top of the standings um, over the last three four years for Belmont, just the last couple of years in the Valley. But uh, th those are the three that stand out to me as we sit in early December that I would be watching and I would tab as as my early December favorites. All right. And for those that don't know, also the Missouri Valley has a fantastic postseason tournament set up with their hoops in the heartland, which happens in March. Uh, Drake, they win themselves that tournament last year, get that automatic qualifier bid. I think they've built on that. They use it as a momentum piece. But hoops in the heartland is just not your average Joe postseason tournament. Um, so for all those that don't know a lot about hoops in the heartland, give us the, you know, give us the, the cliff note version of the setup there for the postseason Valley tournament. Yeah, well, it's, it's in the, in the quad city. So on the border of Iowa and Illinois, uh, Davenport, Bettendorf, um, Moline, East Moline, that, uh, that quad city area, uh, they've got a venue where it's a neutral site. There's not many mid-majors that go to a neutral site to play their conference tournament, and it really does create an awesome opportunity. You see those teams that are playing well at the end of the year, uh, that are in the top three or four seeds, they bring fantastic crowds because they know they've got a chance. Uh, I was at one of my first uh, Valley tournaments when it was at a neutral site. Evansville won as a nine seed down in, uh, that's when it was down in the St. Louis area in, in St. Charles, Missouri. They won as a nine seed. Why? Because everybody's got a chance. It's a neutral site. Um, it's just fantastic. Fans, they travel to it. It's a, it's a pretty central location for uh, a majority of the Missouri Valley Conference schools. Uh, the community gets around it and, and brings, you know, they bring some kids to some games during the day. Um, it's just it's just a blast. Really good basketball. You see the teams that are peaking and they use it as a momentum piece to go into the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, just a few years ago when the Valley had multiple teams uh, compete in the NCAA tournament, man, it was a dogfight for that title. And even even uh, the last couple of years when it's been a one big leap, it's still a dogfight for that championship. And it's, it's a lot of fun seeing uh, the coaches manage, you know, uh -huh. three games in three days and how do they, yeah. how they handle their personnel. And it's uh man, it's a lot of fun. I tell you what, it's, it's been a joy to cover the last, uh, the last number of years. Well, that's fantastic. All right, everybody, Brad, I, I so appreciate you coming on, sharing all of your knowledge about the Missouri Valley. It's one that's always on my radar. It gets talked a lot about um, at the next for us and, Everyone needs to be keeping an eye on it. Where will, when people turn their television on next, where will they find Brad Wells next? 
Uh, I'll be coming up on Saturday. I uh, have the UNI Panthers are hosting South Dakota State. So a uh, good matchup between the Valley and the Summit League coming up on Saturday. The Panthers, uh, they need to find a victory here. So we'll see if uh, Coach Warren can, uh, can conduct a victory on the Panthers' home floor. They've been away from home for a while. They have been, and that would be a big one. South Dakota State, always a perennial powerhouse and mid-major. And in the Summit League, they had a couple kids go down because of injury, but I know it hasn't been a huge drop-off, and um, that will be a good one to watch. It's on the list. So everybody, tune in. You'll see Brad on Saturday. Thank you so much, and I want to thank everybody out there for watching and for listening today. We really do appreciate you joining us here on Lockdown Women's Basketball. You can find me at Missy Hydrick on that on X, formerly known as Twitter, whatever they want to call it. All of my amazing colleagues, uh, go follow this podcast at Locked On WBB, and then go see us at thenexthoops.com as well. Thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports twenty four seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you twenty four seven, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown Plus, our national shows covering every league. So go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Thank you, everybody. Keep Don't panic. The net rankings are out, but they will change. I promise we're not talking college football playoff, but just know I did. If I had a vote, I would have put Florida State in. Hi, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.